Hello and welcome to the Nothing to Hide, a data privacy podcast. It's becoming increasingly difficult to protect our privacy on the internet, and it can be even harder to understand companies' opaque data collection practices as a consumer. The Nothing to Hide podcast is organized by researchers at the Proper Data Center. In this podcast, we discuss privacy and consumer protection issues with research scholars. Thanks so much for listening in. If you like the podcast, please make sure to subscribe at nothingtohide.online. I'm Omar Iqbal. And I'm Joanna Gunawan. And we are your hosts for today's episode. This week, we are digging into ad tech surveillance. We will discuss how advertisers track people across the internet to serve targeted ads. People generally rely on ad blockers to prevent this. However, researchers have recently identified new methods to protect people's privacy, including some that sabotage targeted advertising. This week, we discuss these methods with our guests, Jiang and Harun. So Harun and Jiang, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your current role, and uh, a little bit about your research as well. So I'm currently a PhD student uh, from University of Southern California, supervised by Professor Constantinos Sornis. And my research focuses on machine learning and data privacy in computer network systems. Uh, specifically, um, I focus on designing some obfuscation strategies uh, to obfuscate the user data in order to protect their privacy while still maintaining their utility of uh, the user data. Hi, my name is Mohamed Harun. I am a PhD student at the University of California, Davis. My advisor is Professor Zubair Shafiq. Uh, my research area primarily revolves around the privacy and fairness issues related to online systems and AI in general. Cool. So we noticed you're at two different universities. Uh, what led you to collaborate with each other? Primarily because our advisors were involved as part of this larger grant called Proper Data, where they were working with each other on problems related to privacy and tracking. I think the paper sounds really interesting. Uh, Could you provide us a very uh, high-level summary of what you did and what were the main findings? Yeah, so for Harper, this paper, um, we designed a system called Harper which is a principled learning-based approach to subvert online behavior advertising through obfuscation. Um, so as we know, online behavior advertising poses a real private threat to web users um, because there are many trackers and advertisers which keep tracking users' web browser history. So, uh, the high-level idea of Harper is to inject some fake page visits into the real user page visits in order to obfuscate the web user's browsing history. So in this case, we hope that by if the user uses Harper, it can fool the trackers and advertisers such that it can provide some privacy to the web users. That sounds very interesting. Uh, I have one question about the motivation of the project. Uh, Basically, as someone who wants to protect their privacy, I have so many options like outright block the trackers with privacy enhancing browser extensions. Why should I use Harpo? 
I think one benefit is that Harper is more ecosystem friendly compared with some ad blockers and uh, and uh, some office cattles like ad nauseum. Um, because in the design of Harper, we can also uh, when we train Harper, the user can also try to uh, keep some of their category without being removed. So which means uh, Harper can not only protect the user privacy, but also provide some benefits to the user, which means utility to the user. Because some users may not want to distort their whole web browser history. They may still want to receive some, for example, some useful ads, which they are interested in from the advertiser tracker. So by using Harpo, um, the user can achieve a trade-off between their privacy and their utility. So that's the main motivation behind Harpo. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. In, in my line of research, we think a lot about how the users have to try to protect their own privacy. And, and some people can argue that it's unfair for users to have to do that. Um, but at the same time, we're often so disempowered that it's nice to have a tool that actually does learn and takes care of a lot of the things um, so that civilians don't have to think about how to protect their privacy. But one could suggest that trying to um, sabotage those technologies in the ad networks might be unethical. So as a researcher, uh, was that a consideration in your study for Harpo? And what kind of steps did you guys take to mitigate those uh, sort of ethical risks? Uh, first, we discuss these ethical issues in our paper. We do admit that there are some potential ethical issues. For example, if we keep triggering very high bid values, it may make some advertisers uh, lose too much money. Um, but compared with other obfuscation tools, we are more ecosystem friendly. So, which means uh, with, re with respect to making the advertiser lose money, um, we are you know better than the prior approaches. Right, so you, you still sort of optimize for two parties instead of just the user or a skew towards towards one side over the other. Yeah, that still poses some ethical considerations that we need to make because is it better for these small mom and pop shops that you mentioned that they don't advertise to people who are privacy focused? So people who just use, for example, an ad blocker, they won't see the ad at all. That's no strain on their budget. But if you're using something like Harpo, they might actually still drain the budget for these small advertisers. So the ethical concern there, that's a very valid concern. And it warrants for us to verify which of these two approaches are more friendly towards that smaller ecosystem. So far in some of my own research and also reading some other papers is that advertising is typically a black box. There is not a lot of visibility on how uh, things operate. So how did you tackle that, that challenge in your research? Well, we use what you might consider a standard approach for dealing with black boxes. Uh, because we don't have access to the target model, what we do is train a proxy model instead to approximate its output. In our paper, we call this a surrogate model. Yeah, so one, uh, uh, we train a surrogate model to 
approximate the black box. So as you mentioned, the advertiser typically is a black box system. Um, but the good thing is that we can construct some input, which means the user personas, and send them to this black box. And then we can collect some output, which means feedback from this uh, black box advertising system. So by using this input and output pairs, we can train a surrogate model to approximate this black box advertising system via supervised learning. Awesome. Yeah. So I, it personally, um, for this kind of research, it's not necessarily my area of expertise. So I'm, I'm interested in learning more about ad bidding. So this is kind of what the heart of Harpo is trying to address. And so what makes advertising bidding a good proxy for when you're trying to measure the effectiveness of advertising, um, particularly for targeting compared to other measurement options? The idea of using ad bids as a proxy for ad targeting or measuring the effectiveness of ad targeting is if a certain advertiser knows that you are interested in a particular product that they're trying to sell, for example, be it clothes or some piece of tech, they know that information that you're interested primarily because they've targeted your interests across the websites that you visited. From your visits, they've realized, hey, this is a person who's been frequenting a bunch of websites that are selling shoes or some sort of clothing apparel. And they think that you are someone who is likely to purchase a product, so they're going to be bidding more to show you an ad about a product that they're trying to sell. So it's sort of like a proxy measure of seeing how good they've targeted your interest as you've been browsing the internet. And also, I think compared with other measurement options, so collecting bids, uh, I mean, the process of collecting bids can be done in real time. So which means uh, after you, for example, construct a user persona, which means uh, a web browser history, then you can quickly collect some information uh, about the effectiveness of ad targeting through uh, analyzing the ad beats. So we're seeing this trend that advertisers are moving toward, towards privacy-preserving advertising. So how do you see Harpo fitting in in a system where advertisers use privacy-preserving technologies to deliver ads? It could be that for some large companies like Google, maybe they can design some privacy-preserving systems for delivering ads, but there are still, you know, maybe thousands or millions of small companies, advertising companies. They do not have such ability to design such a privacy-preserving advertising system. So in this case, we expect that Harpo can still uh, play an important role in protecting the user's privacy. Uh, also, even if some of the advertiser claims that their tools are privacy preserving, and maybe the users, you know, maybe some of users do not believe them. For example, if Google claim that we are using some um, privacy uh, preserving advertising system, then not all of the users will believe that their systems are really private, uh, can really preserve the user privacy. So in this case, I think um, there are still some users who want to use Hub. Also, these approaches aren't really ubiquitous for all the users out there. For example, I believe iOS introduced this 
tracking feature for their phones, but those are just iOS devices. And for example, Chrome's, I believe, was transitioning to Flock, but now they have the Topics API or something. I believe that is Chrome only. So Harpo informs a direction that could be employed in a ubiquitous sense. The extension itself, I believe, is limited to a few well-recognized browsers, but the core principle itself is not locked down to one particular OS or browser. That sounds great. Do you think that um, the advertisers would see tools like Harpo as a greater or lesser threat to their business model than outright blocking methods? I think it would be greater. Greater. Because for blocking mechanisms, there's no tracking or advertisement being shown to the end user. Right. So there's no loss to the advertiser itself. But with Harpo, there is the chance that your ad is being shown to a user who will not engage with it. Mm -hmm. So that's still ad budget being spent over a click that could never happen. Right, the false positives. So what do you think would be the most important takeaway for um, a non-researcher, non-computer science, just a regular person um, listening to this podcast and, and learning about this kind of work? I think one thing maybe I can think of is that it can help people rethink about the privacy and utility in uh, such an advertising ecosystem. So, because previously, uh, so if we look at some ad blockers and ad nauseums, so it's more like the uh, the researcher want to maximize the privacy and from the advertiser side, they want to maximize the utility of the recommendation system. But I think by really helpful, maybe we can make them think of, can we, is it possible, is it really possible for us to achieve good privacy, but maybe also good utility when we design, when we rethink such an ecosystem. It also should be noted that while people have in recent years become more aware of the privacy uh, invasions that are performed by online trackers and advertisers. I hope that Harper at least informs people just how far companies are willing to go to collect data about users and just how much data that they're collecting and what type of data that they're collecting. So just an awareness of what kind of data is being collected about you and how it's being used to, in some sense, manipulate you over the internet. It's something that warrants a lot more awareness than we currently have. Thank you for joining us today. I think um, I found this super interesting because it's outside of my personal domain of work, which is more in UX and consumer protections, which is like the front end kind of things. But um, and as someone who's always mad about my advertising recommendations, I do use Adblock, but I hadn't necessarily thought about what you just said right now, right? In terms of takeaways for the end user that you can still find a way to try to balance utility in terms of receiving ads that you might want while also preserving privacy and not completely obliterating the economic model because i think i think most people would be hard pressed to say that you could just you know cut out the advertising industry and society would just go on as normal because i think so much of our economy now um is embedded into that and a lot of the like digital political economy work that's been out there <laughs> kind of talks about how like that's the new money model right eyeballs on everything is what drives um <laughs> 
drives financial systems as opposed to you know traditional like buy a thing and get a good out of it. So I really liked um, like the the purpose behind this paper and the motivation and also uh, thank you so much for all the explanation behind it too because I think there are real world applications and the fact that it is something that anybody who touches a computer can go to GitHub, get the code, and then actually have it up and running within minutes to start you know, obfuscating their, their history, I think is also really cool. So I, I like that there's so much impact from this work alone um, and a lot of interesting implications for what it means in terms of the, the arms race in advertising today. So I really appreciate the talk that you guys have had today. And um, I think I've learned a lot. Uh, and I think it's really interesting work that hopefully uh, more people will learn about. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it was really interesting uh, to hear your opinions and thoughts about offensive privacy. Uh, I think that was my most favorite uh, part uh, because generally uh, you see that with privacy enhancing tools, you mostly react in a defensive manner where you block access to privacy invasive uh, data collection and usage practices. Uh, but here you are really uh, going after the privacy invaders and questioning uh, their problematic practices. Uh, you could argue about the ethics of this research, but I believe it uh, empowers users to protect their privacy. And uh, discussing something along these lines uh, was really illuminating for me. So yeah, thank you again for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nothing to Hide. To listen to more episodes, access blog content, or additional resources, please visit our website at nothingtohide.online. Next week, we have got Hugh, Harun, and Joanna, who will be talking about dark patterns and deceptive interfaces. We hope that you will join us. Until then, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.